Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Latest report in the United States, the fastest growing religion in the United States, Islam. Christianity, way below that. Now, why is that? They have learned to get sticky. They have learned to apply it. They're winning, discipling, and they're going everywhere in our country and around the world. While we sit, and 5% of us will even open the Word of God. The world is full of people who are dying without Jesus. They're following false religions of many types, just living their lives the best they know how. And in America, young people who've grown up in the church reject Christianity as adults. Why is that? Pastor Mark will be teaching the reasons for these happenings. He'll be talking about the failure of Christ followers to actually be Christ followers. You'll find out what it is you as a believer in Jesus should be doing, as well as how to do it. He'll be showing you how to become obedient to the commands of Jesus to reach out to the world with the truth that can save them. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in John chapter 8 as he continues his message, The Sticky Lab. What's the very first thing that Jesus does? Look at it and then shout it out to me. What's the very first thing Jesus does? What's he do? He teaches them. He doesn't hand out food. He doesn't ask them to come up and touch them. The very first thing he does is teach them. Why would Jesus do that? Well, here's the solution. Jesus wrote it like this. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. First thing I want you to write for you and for everybody, this is the design, not just for Christians. This is the design for every single person. Every person was designed to live, grow, thrive in response to the Bible, to the Word of God. Jesus, when he saw people that were confused, the first thing he did was teach. What am I doing? Teaching. Now, in a few days, on Tuesday, I'm headed over to the Asian countries. I can't tell you where I'm going because it's really confidential and secret and dangerous. You pray for me because I'm going to be ministering to three different groups of amazing pastors and leaders in three different communities. When we get back, we're going to talk about another sign of a growing disciple, fruit in our life, what that looks like, and then how you are to be connected 
in a church. And we're going to do a little study in Ephesians 4, so you can kind of look at that. That's where we're going to be. Now, here's the problem. When Jesus began to teach, he knew that wasn't enough. You see, Jesus, Jesus would give the Great Commission. And Jesus would say, I want you to take the converts that come, the new believers that come as a result of my teaching, and I want you to transform them into disciples. I'm not after head knowledge. I want you to take the believers and transform them. What I'm teaching is not just information. It's not just forming an idea. It's to transform them into disciples. Let me show you this verse. I'm going to ask you to turn to John 8. Notice this. Don't waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train, exercise yourself to be godly. So I'm to learn this process of transformation. There's going to be people involved in my life that are going to... We don't do that alone. That's why you just don't have one person up here today. We do that in a group. We do that here. We do it in small groups. We do it in our family. We do it with God in the morning in our quiet time. It's that transformation that God is after in our life. Not just information. It's a lifelong process of becoming what Jesus called a disciple. What are those exercises? Well, it's Bible study. It's coming to church, obviously. It's prayer. It's meditating on the Word. So you can actually get in the lab. Today, this is a sticky lab. We're in a lab to learn how to apply the information that comes into our mind. So let's go to John 8, 31. Jesus kind of summarized what I just said to you. John 8, 31. Jesus had been speaking and some Jews began to believe. Notice what he says. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, interesting word, if. Why would he say if? Because spiritual growth is always an option. The person responsible for your spiritual growth, bottom line, is you. It's always an option. You can exercise or not exercise. You can start exercising and then get away from it. Or you can do it as part of a habit. If you hold, abide in it. Stay in the word, obey it, continue to apply it, sticky. If you obey, stay in it, continue to apply the word, move it from information to begin to transform you. If you hold to my teaching, the word of God, notice, then you are my disciples. And that's what we've discovered is our churches are filled with converts, either baby Christians or carnal Christians. There's no real spiritual growth. There's no fruit. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. That's not where I want you to stay. Because this process of winning a convert and then training that person to become a disciple, they're to turn around that third prong. They're to turn around and go out and do the same thing. That is the cycle that changes our world. And it gets broken. It gets stopped because people move from information and that's kind of where they stop. They don't simply obey anymore. Now, Where does that spiritual growth come from that Jesus is talking about? Here it is. Write it down. Right here. Take a look. Spiritual growth comes from exercise. It's that discipline. A disciple is a lifelong learner under discipline. It comes from that exercise, that discipline, and then stick it. Getting that information from your head to your heart, to your hands, to your feet, to your mouth. 
moving it. Now, here's the problem we have. As you and I are in the Word, it begins to stick to who we are. But there's an enemy. The reason it requires discipline is the world, Satan, and my old sinful nature, laziness, wants to be against that. So the other enemy that I have is the world. And the world wants to squeeze me into its mold. That never stops. This should never stop. And that's what we want to learn today, how to get that word into my life, because hearing the word is not enough, reading the word is not enough, taking notes about the word is not enough, knowing the word is not enough. I must exercise spiritual discipline. Now, all of those are good, but I must personally put it into practice in my life. Unless that happens, I'll never really become that disciple that God wants. And then I will block that cycle that God has designed to win the world. We don't win the world with brand new converts. They have a start in it. They're always, even Philip had a start in it, inviting a friend. But long term, that new believer can't teach somebody into discipleship because they haven't been taught yet. Someone has said this, in our life, there's three phases. We need to be taught. Then we learn to teach each other the things of God. And then we teach others. Where are you? Could you teach others how to become a disciple? That's the goal. So here's what the last thing I want you to write right now. Continuing obedience, application, stickiness, that is a great sign of discipleship. Our goal here is to make your life sticky. By that, I mean that you learn to exercise yourself in the reading and knowing and applying the Word of God on a daily basis. That's our whole goal for you. You have to be in the Word on a routine basis. If you're not in the Word, if you're not opening the Word at home, not here, if you're not opening the Word at home and taking quiet time to go and here's what it says and then apply what you learned this week, the world will squeeze you into its mold. There's a million distractions out there for all of us. Now, there's no way to get sticky if you're not in the Word of God. That's a huge problem with Christians. The only time they're really in the Word, at best, is in church. Then the rest of the six days, the Word isn't part of us. So that's why our challenge uh, to you uh, this weekend. Now, I just got back from Israel, and there's a place in Israel that you can go. It's called the Temple Mount. It's where the Jewish... Temples were in the old days. Today, the Muslims occupy it. When you go up there to take a tour, there's two mosques up there. You cannot take a Bible. They forbid you. They will take it away from you or send you back down. But when you go up, there's a picture that I want to challenge you with. Here's the picture. What you see are many circles of Muslims. The ones you see here are simply the women, but there's many men. And they're there every morning. And what do you think they're studying? They have a book that they're studying. What do you think it is? It's the Quran. It's open. They're studying it. 
they're applying it. And because they're sticky, latest report in the United States, the fastest growing religion in the United States, Islam. Christianity, way below that. Now, why is that? They have learned to get sticky. They have learned to apply it. They're winning, discipling, and they're going everywhere in our country and around the world. While we sit, and 5% of us will even open the Word of God. And then we say, why is our world becoming like this? Well, that's because we have the truth, Satan knows it, and we just simply get distracted. We get lazy, all of us. Our goal here is to get you sticky, to wake you up. And understand, the pastors can teach, but you have to apply. I can't apply for you. I can't exercise for you. I have to exercise for myself. You know that sometimes a pastor doesn't even want to teach? We're human, but I definitely want to teach today. Now, I want you to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 4, and I want you to see Jesus' disciples that really for three years didn't get it. When Jesus says, follow me, what he really means is, follow me and I'll make you like me. Well, it didn't really happen initially with the disciples. Actually, it took until Pentecost for them to begin to get it. Look at Acts chapter 4, verse 7. Background, Peter and John had just healed a man. He had been lame his whole life, and because of that, they were thrown into jail by the Jewish religious leaders, and here comes the question. They had Peter and John brought before them, and they began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? In other words, how did this man who was lame get healed? Look how Peter responds in verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, and then Peter begins, notice what he says, then know this, here's your answer, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Peter begins, and he basically says, the answer to your question is Jesus. The reason for a changed life is Jesus. The reason for any eternally changed life is Jesus. There's no other name you're going to see. There's power in that name. So what Peter does, he says, as he goes through this, notice, whom you crucified, but God raised from the dead, this man stands before you. He doesn't just say, well, the answer is Jesus. Oh, by the way, you crucified him, but he's been raised from the dead. This is pretty bold. Where'd that boldness come from? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 11. He is the stone you builders rejected. He came to be the foundation, 
of the Jewish religion and the Christian religion, but you rejected him. But he now has become the capstone. And look at this verse. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Peter says, not only did Jesus heal this man, but there's no way for you in your dead religion to ever find life. There's only one name. His name is Jesus. There's no name under heaven. Salvation, forgiveness of your sins, will not come from sacrifice. It came from the sacrifice of Jesus. Now, let me ask you a question. Is this the same Peter who had denied the Lord three times 50 days earlier? Is this the same Peter? It's the same Peter. What happened? It clicked. The light came on. He got it. And he boldly began to share what he knew had happened in his life. So much so that Peter had learned his lesson. You know, we all fail. Isn't it good to finally learn the lesson? <laughs> but you know, it's a lot better. Someone has said this. We can't live long enough to learn all the lessons we need to learn in life from our own failures. We want to learn from other people's failures. That's wisdom. So not only did Peter learn from his lesson, but he'd been listening to Jesus. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit was promised to do is to bring back to our memory the things that Jesus teaches. When you're in the Word, the Holy Spirit will bring those verses back to you. Colossians says the word should dwell in us richly, should be in us richly so that they're available. Well, where did Peter get this salvation is found in no one else? Where did he come up with that? One day he heard Jesus say this. Jesus answered, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. You might be here then. You're looking for a change in your life. It will not come from Calvary Chapel. It won't come from me. It won't come from any religion. It won't come from you reading a book. The change in your life comes from a person. His name's Jesus. He's the only one that can forgive you of your sins and give you a brand new start. You see, the world is searching for realness, for some kind of change, some purpose and meaning in their life. Well, when Peter makes this response, now remember, he just got out of jail. Look at the responses from the Jewish religious leaders. Look at verse 13. And when they saw the courage of Peter and John, and they realized they were unschooled. doesn't mean they were ignorant. It means that they weren't trained in religious school. They were ordinary men. They were astonished. And they took note, if you've never underlined this in your Bible, do it. They took note that these men had been with Jesus. What does the disciple look like? It's a very, very complicated answer. Jesus. What should you and I look like? Jesus. They took note that these were men who were disciples of who? Tell me. Jesus. What should you look like? What should I? A disciple? Jesus. Not Muhammad. Not a church. Not a human. Jesus. Well, what did they see in them that reminded them of Jesus? I've listed six. You don't need to write them. Listen. They had the character of Jesus. 
They had the boldness of Jesus. They knew the scripture like Jesus. They were filled with the spirit like Jesus. They had just ministered a healing through the power of the spirit just like Jesus. They shared the truth of salvation just like Jesus. They were sticky. They were obeying the word that they were taught. What's another sign that they were a disciple of Jesus? Where were they? In the marketplace of life. They weren't in a church environment. They were in the marketplace of life where they let their light shine. Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the earth. That's exactly what was happening. Here's two men that had spent three years. They were up, they were down. They were up and they were down. But now they were getting it. They were applying these truths. Jesus' truth were sticky and it showed because it had become part of them. Here's what I want you to write today. Christ followers are growing disciples. We are to be the character. We're to act those actions that look like Jesus. We're to minister. We're to be touching, hurting people's lives, kind, being around them. We're to think. We're not to have the mind of the world. We're to have the mind of Christ. Romans 12 tells us that mind comes through transforming our mind, being renewed in the word of God. And then that third part of the when disciples send, that third part is to go and share the gospel. Lost people matter to Jesus. We are to be his disciples, learning the word, learning to apply the word, going to the sticky, spending time with Jesus, exercise and discipline. It comes from moving that information in our head to transformation because we obey the word of God. When that happens, it will be very evident that you're a growing disciple. Never a perfect disciple, none of us but a growing disciple, because we're going to look and think and minister and share and be just like Jesus. That's the disciple we should emulate. How does it come? Applying the Word of God. This is a sticky lab. It doesn't come from the textbook. It comes from getting in the lab. You're getting it. Now, I know some of you are saying right now, Pastor Mark, it would have been a lot easier If I would have been a disciple at the time Jesus was on the earth, I could have just simply followed him and I wouldn't need you for crying out loud and he'd just teach me how to do this thing. Well, to be honest, I'd like to have been there too. But would it have been easier? The church isn't the building. It's the people who still worship Jesus and praise his name despite whatever obstacles stand in their way. Today, we want to invite you as the extended Church of Jesus to join us virtually for our weekend worship services. Pastor Mark and Calvary Chapel Melbourne are continuing to meet online during this time, and you can be a part of our services. Visit calvaryccm.com live to watch on our website or find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku. Just search for Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Our services will take place at 6 p.m. on Saturdays and again on Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45. For more information or to find links to our stream, visit calvaryccm.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor Mark's teachings from this series and feel free to share them with your friends and family. We also have devotions available under the Connect tab, and you can visit our social media pages as well. All this can be found at our website. Again, that's calvaryccm.com. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to ask that you continue to pray for our country and for those around the world who are suffering during this pandemic. Please lift them up to the Lord and pray that His name would be magnified in every corner of the earth. Please pray for our leaders as well and for your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you feel led to support Lessons for Living financially during this time, we would be grateful. You can donate online at calvaryccm.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to Lessons for Living. in a hurry.